0: I am ready. I like it. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grumbacher. Abby Haberman is a coach, an author, a speaker, a corporate trainer, working with highly achieving women who are up to something in the world. She spent 15 years as a psychotherapist, 12 as a financial advisor. She's trained in Dr. Joe Dispenza's NeuroChange Solutions Program. I'm excited to have you back on the show Abby tell us a little bit about your personal life some more about your work and why you do what you do.
1: Yeah, thanks George for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I think the answer to both of those questions uh lies if I take you back a few years when I was walking around with cement blocks on my feet. I you know I had spent a, over a decade as a psychotherapist over a decade as a as a financial advisor and I just was stuck like just something just wasn't working right. And I decided to sign up for this year-long mastermind. And it was a mastermind about storytelling. And it was with a former NFL player who was also a playwright and a Broadway actor. And I was so excited (laughs) for this thing. I could hardly like stand it. I signed up in May and the first event was in August. But what happened between May and August is my father was diagnosed with cancer. Another immediate family member was diagnosed with cancer. My sister-in-law drop dead suddenly of a heart disease that my husband is diagnosed with. And my seven year old son was diagnosed with a degenerative neuromuscular disorder. And so I spent that time in bed with my box of tissues, my Netflix remote and my phone, just talking to doctors and trying to work things out. And by the time I drug myself into that, uh, that room in California in August, you can imagine the state that I was in. And when I walked in, there was, and we introduced ourselves, there was an Olympic gold medal athlete. There was a uh, man that had toured with Tony Robbins. There was a natural path who the week before had treated the highest paying actress in the world. All these people that, you know, I had no business in my mind being anywhere near. And the only thing I had going for me was I had the ability to think about what I was thinking about. And I sat down and I decided that I was going to write a note every time I compared myself to someone else in the room. And there was a lot of notes (laughs) every few minutes. (laughs) And I said, you know, she's skinnier, she's prettier, he has more money, so-and-so is more connected, all these reasons why all this was going to work for them and not for me. And by noon, I was exhausted with that voice and I started to pay attention. And so the next day we were set to give our five-minute stories that we had been working on. And I sat and listened to everybody, and I was just was in awe. Like, these people are awesome. They're going to kill it. They are going out in the world. Good for them. You know, not me. I'm getting back into my bed. But <laughs> they are doing really good work. And it got my turn to come up. And so I told my story. I actually told the story that I told the last time I was on your show. It's a very vulnerable story. Yeah. And at the end, the coach said, gee, I, I never thought that you would say that you felt unlovable. Did anybody think that Abby was going to say that? Because that's how the story ended. And I looked around at everybody and they're all nodding their heads. No. And I had this out of body experience where for the first time I saw myself through someone else's eyes and they were looking at me the same way I was looking at them, which was, wow, what a message she has. Wow. What a presence. You know, she's got stuff to do in this world. And I realized that I had to step up. Because if I couldn't get around my own living thoughts and my own cement blocks, how was I going to tell my seven-year-old son that he couldn't give up when he had so many more mountains to climb and, you know, more gifts for that reason? (laughs) So I started looking at my life and the places that fear kept me from showing up in my life, and I decided to tackle it. I rolled up my sleeves. I got support. I stopped undermining my experience as a psychotherapist and as a businesswoman. I got really into meditating. I studied the neuroscience of change and how we can make our brains work to create the changes that we wanted, and I became certified to teach, as you mentioned, in corporations about this, and ultimately... I charted a course that is is so in alignment with who I want to be in the world that I don't need massages or spa days because my life (laughs) is what energizes me every day. I mean, that's the truth. And so now I work with people who aren't being their best selves. They may look amazing on the outside, but they don't feel as successful on the inside. They're fearful and they have self-doubt and they're overwhelmed and they're anxious and they're insecure. And when we feel those things, we don't act in the ways that we want to act. And so we look at all of those areas of their lives. We become more conscious of them and where they are unconsciously betraying themselves or where they're out of alignment. And I partner with them to turn all of this muck into courageous self-action so that they can create the life they want to live and be who they know that they are.
0: So we're we're all living through this 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 really, really, really strange time. And I think that we're probably – uh, many of us are experiencing insecurity and doubt, and I, I know that you've been thinking about and writing about um, uh, about that a lot lately. I think specifically for, for for women, but give me just sort of your thoughts on on how how that's showing up right now
2: with people in this time during COVID. Um, you're asking, and how are the the doubts? working in people's lives right now
0: yeah well i think probably uh that's just exacerbating it I, I i would imagine
2: yeah yeah i mean you know especially with everybody you know not being able to interact with each other it's it's so interesting because a, a lot of the time people get they their feedback from other people right so we are around other people And we take our feedback from, you know, are we okay, are we doing well by what's happening around us, by the reactions of people around us. And people are laid off now, people aren't going to work as much, people are having to talk to each other over um, computers, over phones, instead of in person. And we're not really able to gauge each other as well. And I have clients and people talking about how that heightens their insecurity. Now, whether that's for better or for worse, right? Because one could definitely uh, make the argument that it, <laughs> that it would be great for us all to put down our, our uh, facades, you know, and be able to communicate just from our heart and from what, what we know to be right and fine and what we're good with, as opposed to what we are reading in someone else's eyes that is good and fine. Um, but regardless, I think that's one thing that is heightening insecurity for people. And we're not able to get out in the world and experience successes the way that we normally do. So, I mean, I spoke recently to a speaker's association and these are folks that go out and speak in the world for a living and they can't do that right now. Um, and so Most of us, to some extent, have our self-esteem attached to what we call the successes in our lives around what we do for work. And when we can't do that, we uh, are experiencing, you know, self-esteem issues and, you know, sort of existential crisis, whether we realize it or not. So I think there's a lot of things that are bubbling up for people around like in the form of depression or in the form of insecurity or angst or and, you know, unhelpful thoughts, um, that are getting in our way, um, at this time, you know, particularly when you're thinking about, you know, what, what am I not accomplishing? And then you go through a whole thing in your mind about how you didn't get this done and you're this, that, and younger, and, and so-and-so did better than you did and yada, 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 And other people can figure this out and why can't I figure this out? And so I think there's really a host. I mean, I don't know what you're experiencing with the people that folks that you're talking to, but I think there's a, most of issues that are happening right now for folks in this time
0: and everything you said certainly makes a lot of sense um and i i was i was just thinking about uh this this this, this morning about how we we are loyal to certain things if it's different brands or the city that we're from and um or or, or even a sports team and now i i i think that that's sort of spilling over into the democrats or republicans left right oh. or or masks yeah. no mask and it's sort of it it sort of strikes me as because we are just now in this sort of strange time and we don't know what's up or down because we don't have all the information that we probably are trusting ourselves uh maybe a lot less and so now we're just sort of all sort of jumbled up inside um And I I can certainly get in my own head.
2: Yeah, I mean, the whole politicized thing, of course, you know, and I I just wrote a blog about this, actually, like, I don't watch the news. And one of the reasons that I don't watch the news is I I realized I was at my hairdresser's the other day and she asked me about some news event. And I said, you know, I didn't watch the news. and And then I realized while I was talking to her, I was like, you know what, I was having a hard enough day as it was just over something completely stupid. I couldn't get a scene to work in my book the way I wanted. And I was all wrapped up in my mind about it. And I said to her, you know, if I am in this mood, right, in this state right now, just over that, can you imagine what would it would be like if I subjected my mind to the media? You know, like I don't baseline uh, – Sugar and salt, and expect to perform an ultimate performance. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing with my brain. You know, I don't put a lot of stuff into my brain that you know I and then expect myself to be able to function at optimal level. And I think you're right. Like there is identity. Like people put identity with the teams and all these things that we don't have access to anymore. And uh, it's really a crisis, I believe, of people abandoning their inner knowing. It's just abandoning themselves and we're all looking outside ourselves for that thing that's going to make us feel better, for that thing that we can be a part of, for the place, the way that we can belong. And when you look outside yourself right now, it's a pretty scary place. It's very divided. It's extremely righteous and um, uh, black and white and rigid. And people want to attach to something like that because they're Feeling scared and afraid, and they're not. We're not told. You know, we are not taught to look inside ourselves and say, you know, get quiet and spend just a, a few moments there, and dig into our heart and say, you know, what would faith say right now? What would what would if I were speaking with my heart? If I were speaking with my intuition, what would I do or say right now? We're not taught that. We're taught to to say, oh my God, what's happening next? What what what, what, what should I do? and we're taught to react from fear and so a lot of times what I what I ask people is you know what would faith say what would what would love say instead of fear in this situation and I think we I don't know about you but I think we would have a different world if everybody asked themselves that question (laughs) before they said or did or thought anything you know
0: yeah I think that's a thousand percent right and we are, uh, we're reading from the same, uh, church music on, on, on this one. I just, I just wrote about the golden rule and sort of just, just, just revisiting that. And if we were treating people the way that we wanted to be treated and being kind to one another, and I really felt like maybe just in my own mind that it's something that I needed to sort of go back to, but then, you know, I don't want to project out and tell the world that they should be doing that, but I feel like we all probably should be doing more of that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, you know what, I mean, I come at it from an angle, when I work with women around this, because I think it's really trite, and we we talk, you and I have talked about this before, like, it's trite to say, you know, put on your own oxygen mask first, or whatever. And, and, and we do get into, like, both sides are telling, be kind, be kind, and nobody's being kind. Mm -hmm. But to me, the point is, it's not to be kind, because that is, I mean, like, that not that that's not a great point but when I say to someone you know when when we fear like you know telling other people what to do right I don't I am not kind in my life because I should be I'm kind in my life because I don't like myself when I'm not Mm. and if I don't like myself then I have behaviors that I don't like so if I haven't really plugged into myself and thought and sometimes and being kind means being selfish sometimes like it means I have to really protect my time and my where I say uh, yes when I really wanted to say no, where I behave out of guilt and shame and do something because I think I should, when really my inner knowing is saying, you know what, you're going to have a resentment if you do that. You don't you don't have the resources right now to do that, the internal resources to do that. And so those are the the things that I ask myself. I ask myself, you know, what are your motives for? anything you know sending this email saying how you feel are you sending that email because you are hoping this person is going to validate your feelings or say that you're right what's my motive in telling Susie about what Josie said to me that morning is that because I want to be validated if that's the case that's not a pure motive that's not kind true but more importantly, I'm not acting in alliance with an inner knowing, and inner strength, if that makes sense. And so when I go and do those things, then it reduces my self-esteem because now I've gossiped. And now I've reached out to someone for validation who probably won't give it to me because we never reach out to the people that you know we need to around most times. And then I'll feel more insecure. And if I said yes when I should have said no, that means I'm gonna come home at the end of the day and I'm gonna be irritable because I have lower reserves, which means I'm gonna be snappy with my kids, snappy with my husband. And all of these things are gonna layer on top and I'm gonna crawl into bed at night and I'm gonna feel like crap about myself. And I'm gonna, then I'm gonna feel ashamed about my behavior. And then I'm gonna feel even worse, right? And so then you wake up the next morning and you say, okay, I'm gonna do better today, I'm gonna do better today. But if you're not taking the time to really plug in and pay attention to what you need and what you're doing, you're not gonna do better again. You're still focused on just trying to be good to people outside yourself. And the truth of the matter is, is when you are first good to yourself, that's when you're really good to people outside yourself. And it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's gonna love you because sometimes you're gonna say no to them, you know, for different things that you just don't have the resources to, to do. But that's okay because that's kind. It's kinder to give of yourself when you can do it freely instead of, you know, with some kind of resentment attached the next day. Does that make sense?
0: It, it definitely does. And I could certainly see us, and I, I'm sure that we all do, drifting away from that. So how do we pull it back? How do we remind ourselves that we need to be pulling it back?
2: Yeah, you know, um, Sue Morder says this great thing. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she, I, she always says um, – focus on subject. So she, she does this little exercise that I've always thought so interesting. If there's something that's, you know, bugging you or whatever, you know, and you focus, she says focus on object. So that would be on the thing outside yourself that's irritating you or that you're worried about, or, you know, this podcast coming up or whatever it is, this client coming in um, focus on object and think about how you're feeling inside yourself. And just do that for, you know, 10 seconds. And then bring your attention back to subject. And subject is, is you, is, is inside yourself. You know, Focus yourself there and just notice the difference when you move your energy from focusing on whatever it is outside yourself, the media, you know, what's happening in the world, to what's happening inside yourself. There's a calm and a clarity that comes with that. And if we can just remind ourselves to do that, then the decisions and the steps that we take in life it's like having an inner compass right and we we can follow that instead of trying to think of a great metaphor but when we're focused on outside ourselves where it's like our feet are off the ground you know and we're making these decisions out of this you know fear and so i think part of it is you know i set reminders on my phone i have an alarm go off on my phone all day long you know like bring bring yourself back to center um, whatever it is I want to remind myself of. I put sticky notes around. I, I will very often, I mean, I choose, like I said, the information I put into my brain. So podcasts, you know, podcasts like yours. And like, other, that's what I listen to. That's Those are the things that I read, not the things that are going to get me whooped up in, in fear and separation and create separation and fear instead of connection. With myself and
0: thereby with others, I love that, and I think that social media has been introduced into the world, and I think it's running absolutely yeah. contrary uh, and and focusing on the object, which is I go on social, I go on Facebook, I go on Twitter, and unless I pull myself out of that, you just go down the rabbit hole and you just don't ever come up. So I think that, yeah, I, yeah, to be able to pull yourself back to the subject, which is you um, and recognize, okay, this is absolutely getting me whipped up or twisting me up. And I feel awful now about the direction of the world or my life or whatever it is um, when it's not even real.
2: It's not even real. Yeah. And we become victim to that. You know, I mean that Dr. Joe talks about that all the time. We become victims. To whatever it is that's happening outside ourselves. And the first time I heard him say that, I just, my husband and I were listening to him together, actually, and we just laughed out loud because, like, oh my God, that is so true. Like, we are a victim to the traffic. We are a victim to what the kids just did. We are a victim to what we just read on social media. We're all, every time you're having an emotional reaction to something that's happening outside yourself, you're giving that thing power. And social media, it's, it's astounding the amount that people are still engrossed in that. I have a a client who, when she came on, you know, she used to tell me about her brain breaks. I said, oh, what are your brain breaks? She said, well, when I just get really overwhelmed at work or whatever, you know, I just hop on Facebook
1: Hmm. or
2: Twitter and I just take a brain break. And I said, oh my God, that is not a brain break. That is making your brain worse. Let's go over what a real brain break is. Like every time you want to reach for your phone and that social media, we're going to do a breathing exercise. We're going to breathe in and out of your heart and we are going to center and get your feet on the ground. And I, I totally agree. I mean, it's a rabbit hole that um, is very easy, very addictive for people to get into and, and so much more damaging than people realize.
0: Yeah. Hey, Amen. I love it. Well, Abby, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
2: Well, you know what? I would say that it's really important to think about what you're thinking about. I would say, you know, going back to my story, you know, when you can recognize that you're comparing yourself to other people, when you can recognize that you're getting whooped up about something, you we have to be able to have this uh, this uh, skill of metacognition, which is which is to think about what you're thinking about. And if you can do that, then you have choice. Then you can make a decision. Like I... Why would I think this way? Why would I think that, you know, I totally screwed this podcast up. Why? I, even if I feel that way when I hang up, if that's what I'm thinking, I'm going to say to myself, you know what, that, why would, would anybody want to feel that way? That's a horrible way to feel today. Why do you want to do that to yourself? And if you can think about what you're thinking about, then you can make a choice to have a different thought and take your brain and body down a different direction that is more plugged into, to center and, and not more plugged in the subject and
0: not object i think that is great stuff that definitely gets come on come on i love that idea about focusing on the object and then um or making recognizing when you are focusing on the object to bring it back to the subject i think that that's a very very powerful and, and useful tool i love it well abby thank you so much for coming back on the show where can savage nation learn more about you
2: well, thanks for having me, George. Uh, Savage Nation can find me at www.abbiehaverman.com. And I have a free four-part video series that touches on some of the stuff that we spoke about. And if folks want to jump on that, they will also automatically be put on my blog. And they will also have an opportunity to have a free coaching hour with me. And I will roll up my sleeves and coach them just like I coach my paying clients with no strings attached. Because I think some of the things that you and I talked about today are instrumental in, in getting people through these hard times. And so I really want to offer my time to give folks something to just go into this fall, uh, with a different perspective and really make some significant change in life.
0: I love it. Well, Savage Nation if you enjoyed this as much as I did show Abby your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to abbyhaverman.com and take advantage of the videos as well as the offer she's making for coaching. I'll list all that in the notes of the show thanks again Abby
2: thank you George
0: and until next time keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together